good morning, listeners. Welcome to our next episode of A Day in the Life of a Remote Team Member. Our mission is to help entrepreneurs and business owners enjoy the same success we've enjoyed by hiring your own remote team members. Our goal is to help you guys incorporate remote team members into your day-to-day business to free you up to focus on value-added activities that only you can do and create more opportunities for your future growth, both both personally and financially. Today, we have Chris, one of our team members that oversees our collections uh, team uh, for Crestcore, and uh, he actually oversees from collecting rent to evictions to bankruptcies, all that kind of stuff. So we've got a lot going on. Excited (laughs) to have him on here. Chris, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. Thank you for having me here. Yeah, man. I was uh, telling the, uh, we got to catch up a little bit uh, before the show, and it's cool about you getting your head shaved for uh, making it easier to deal with this COVID and totally get it. So it looks good on you. Ah, thank you. I think that <laughs> anything. <laughs> so you're the first person that I've had on the show that uh, has used the word side hustle. Yeah. Uh, so tell me what, yeah, tell me about these side hustles. I want to hear about this uh, as you're growing up. What did that look like? Yeah. Um, when I was growing up, uh, I really don't have any silver spoon on my mm-hmm. mouth. So um, because of my height and I think the way that I look, so I think they get it when I look like mature mm. compared to those who are in my age, um, age range. Right. So I started um, my side hustle by um, helping out catering services. So I started in the food and beverage industry. So up until college and then um, while I'm in college, I was doing term papers for my um, for my classmates. So for like three dollars for a three-page term paper, and then okay. um, in the weekends, I probably go to different catering services, helping out entrepreneurs, small business, and then being their um, captain waiter and bartender at the same time. So it kept on growing, and um, by the time that I needed more stability, that's when I transferred over to the BPO industry. Um, that okay. was about, I was 18 or 19 by then. Okay. So 18 is when you switched over. Yeah. Okay. And what, what was the, the driver on that? Stability and what else? Um, stability, job location. So from an urban area, um, we switched back to the suburbs mm-hmm. um, because of the pollution. And then there are a lot of stress going on when you're in close proximity with different people. Gotcha. So you're in the suburbs. You're out of the main city. You're Yeah. Okay. You can see the mountains from here. Okay. How far, are you, how far would you say you're from the main? Um, that's a tricky question. Actually, yeah. um, is it with traffic or without traffic? No, with traffic. With traffic, that's about five to six hours. My gosh. All right, without traffic, what does that look like? That's close to two hours or less. Okay, all right. So tell me, so you've got, you're probably the longest, uh, the person that's had the longest amount of experience at BPO. Has it always been home-based? Uh, no. Um, I started out, with like purely like um, Australian accounts, but I had to go out and 
I had to spend about three to four hours of my day traveling. And then as time goes by, I learned more about the stuff in the BPO industry. So uh, I tried uh, for myself, I, I tried to make it my agenda to learn more about things in mm -hmm. that way. Um, you're just not talking about money, but you're talking about knowledge that you could pass on to your teammates and um, whomever is going to take your mantle. Okay. And what, when was your first home-based remote or, you know, virtual assistant job? Um, I started with the old agency. Okay. Uh, that's my first. So yep. I had um, a client that's doing wholesale. Um, mm -hmm. I keep on cold calling them and then making um, contracts for them. So yeah. the time when I was hired at Crescor, that was 2017. Yeah. Um, I, I tried to commit myself for doing um, other things, but I tried to prioritize it um, in a way that I can manage my time, my deliverables mm -hmm. um, in a high value expectation. So, Let's touch base on wholesale for a minute. Like how many, what was your average number of calls per day? Whoa, that's about 70 to a hundred. Yeah. I thought I was going to guess a hundred, but 70 to a hundred a day. And then how many contracts would you get per day? Um, per day, we would close out about two to four. Two to four. At least. Mm -hmm. And what city was that for? Um, that's in Chicago. Chicago. Okay. West Chicago. West yeah. Chicago. Okay. Cool. Cause a lot of our listeners are, are very familiar with wholesale, use wholesalers, are wholesalers. So flipping. Just, yep. So. Flipping. Yep. Yep. So you got all the lingo down there. Um, uh -huh. <laughs> what, uh, for those that are listening, um, what does your day to day look like now to, to describe a day in the life of Chris? Okay. Um, usually starting my work two hours prior, um, for my team to go in or to clock in. Um, that way, in that span of two hours, I can plan out the day-to-day -day task, and then I can prepare at the middle of the week uh, a weekly goal and a monthly goal, and then we go on from there. Um, I think that's one of my success as a RTM for collections. Um, I remember starting here alongside with Lakeisha Westbrooks, mm -hmm. and our mentor was Daniel Bryant. So, um, that's one of my drive when it comes to creating a successful team. Um, I had to know their strengths, their weaknesses um, from day one. I have to make sure that they are well supported with the given SOPs and the updates going. Um, that That is ongoing right now because of the pandemic. So there are a lot of, there's just a minimal change when it comes to eviction but um, everything goes normal as it is. So this is Aaron Dirty Laundry on myself and my company, our company. Uh, we didn't have a whole lot documented when you first started, did we? Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> I actually written the collections SOP yeah, from yeah. scratch. Like I said, Aaron Dirty Laundry, but I want the listeners to hear us talk about, like that's, that's one of the things I talk about is, you know, you guys, you, you specifically have been very instrumental in just helping us create those operating procedures that now you can just sit there and modify and adjust and mm -hmm. it makes it easier to train and replace if somebody has to move on or gets promoted or whatever that looks like. So 
uh, kudos to you and your team for doing that because that's, that's probably the hardest piece of the business is getting that stuff documented because it's all, you know, mm -hmm. it's all in your head. And, and, you know, if that person leaves or gets promoted or does something different, that head knowledge goes away. So then that's you're over, kind of scratching your head. All right, where do I start? So then you're, then you're always going to step backwards, you know, before you step forwards and you're reinventing the wheel, which, you know, which, which is wasting time, money and effort. So uh, that's great. That's um, how, what's uh, um, probably the hardest thing that you deal with day to day in your job? Right now, mm -hmm. um, the most difficult part would be the CDC moratorium. Yep. Um, that's one of the um, change. Um, that's one of the change that, um, that that's actually sorry. That's actually one of the challenging part right now of collections is the yeah. CDC moratorium um, because there are some certain restriction um, after the CARES Act um, that yeah. started back in February, I think, yeah. up until July. And then they practically extended the eviction part up until December. But it doesn't mean that we are cold hearted we try to work it out with the tenant. Um, it's just that there are some factors affecting our collection progress, especially um, if the tenants are not um, are not cooperating with us. What? Um, uh, yeah, I mean, you are deal. You and your team are dealing with some unprecedented times mm -hmm. with the CDC moratorium, which effectively just means we can't evict or we can, but there's so many stipulations. And if they just file yeah. one little piece of paper, it just shuts the thing down. So do you waste all that time, money, effort until I think just January 1st of 2021? Um, so I guess my question to you for the audience is, is and this is a great topic and, and we'll make sure we put this in the notes, but is there anything you can't do to handle you and your team? They're all remote. Is there anything you can't do with that moratorium with evictions, collections, working remote, is there anything that, that, that you just can't get done because you're where you are? Um, I think the best answer to that is social distancing. It's just that mm -hmm. we really can't go to the house of the tenant. But other than that, yeah. um, process-wise, getting in touch with different um, nonprofit organization, mm -hmm. uh, the attorney's office or legal counsel, um, it, it's all been covered by collections. That's awesome. So you got somebody that works with our nonprofits that help tenants get rental help. You have somebody yes. on the team that does with bankruptcies and evictions. Yeah. Cool. What if somebody, let's go, I'm on, it's a two part question. If you got somebody that wants to potentially they're driving several hours to work to and from thinking about being a remote teamer, what would, what advice would you give them that would make them successful? Don't stop learning. That's the best advice that I could give them. Because I started out that I like zero knowledge, like negative zero. <laughs> yep. And just I was we'll washing dishes when I was 14 to 15 years old. And right now I'm here in my spot. Yep. So you never stop learning. You have to be innovative right now, especially in the 20, um, 2020, uh, moving to 2021. You have to... Um, be in line with the digital revolution because it, it will go further. Gotcha. 
what I love that because I think that's you have to be a knowledge seeker. Yeah, you know, that's, that's one of my terms I like to use. You have to be a knowledge seeker to be successful. And I think that's from a remote teamer standpoint, that's absolutely critical. Because if you just come in and just say, teach me or show me the way, most business owners and managers are so busy, you know, if you're not asking, they're not telling. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's good. So, yeah. so I think that's a great advice. So let's flip that. Somebody that's thinking about hiring somebody to be a remote teamer on their staff and just can't in their head think through that and see what that looks like. What would be your advice on how to um, be successful hiring your first remote team member? What would that, what, what, what would a piece of advice would you give for that? Um, for, for me personally, um, when I was hiring my team right now, like my team members, um, I always, I always um, see through who they are, not where they came from. Mm. Because um, for me, it's um, important to know what they can sacrifice to evolve um, from where they are right now to where they want to be. Yep. And it. It's not about the experience. It's about you giving yourself and the passion for learning is all is always been there. Their value system, what their values yeah. are, who they are as a person is more important than the knowledge experience. Is that what you're saying? That is correct. Yeah. Yeah. The that's behavior, the, the character of the person. Yeah. That's great advice. I think if they had the right values and character, I think anybody could hire a remote team member and be successful. Yes. Would you? Yeah. I agree because skills can be learned, but you as a, person your your good character that can be learned right um that's um that's being acquired through years of um communicating with different individuals and cooperating with them yeah no, that's great what uh, okay well this is good well thank you so much for your time today um thank you i, I really appreciate all the effort you and your team give i mean y'all's collections efforts are top notch um yeah you know they uh, there was just two months that we weren't able to reach our goal, but that's a shy over of eighty thousand to one hundred ten. But we're uh, still good. Uh, we're still good with the numbers. Yeah, and that's all related to to the COVID. And uh, and I applaud your team for you know we're working with those nonprofits, trying to help. You have empathy, all those things uh, to be successful. And I think that plays into what you're talking about the values and looking to find the values that match the roles that we're trying to fill. So if that's, that's probably one big piece of advice that I think is very helpful. So, man, thanks so much for uh, your transparency and honesty and all your hard work and uh, appreciate you taking My the lead. My pleasure. And, yeah. Coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. Right. Yes, sir. Have a good one. Bye-bye. All right. Bye.